Hello and welcome to another episode of The Messed Up Gardener. My name is Esther Ake and I'm your host for today and I'm absolutely buzzed to be here. I seem to have run into a bit of bad luck lately. I bunged my back on Wednesday, semi-tripping over a gate while helping a neighbour with her dog this week, which has left me almost completely incapable of moving around making gardening, or anything for that matter, a real mission. The doc was extremely unimpressed with me and has mentioned that this can take months for me to get over, so as you completely, you can imagine I'm completely annoyed going into spring and trying to sort out my bees. I plan to be on my best behaviour for a while until I can get back on my feet, hopefully faster than what the doctor said. But in the meantime, this week with my seedlings ready to go out in the garden, I thought it was a great opportunity to discuss capsicums and tomatoes. Now, these two staples frustrate me like you would not believe. The most, I think, when it comes to grocery shopping is during the season, even though we have amazingly long growing seasons here in New Zealand, even when these particular items are in season and with ample quantities available, the price of these particular veggies are still really ridiculous and expensive with few people still being able to afford them. Granted, out of these two, capsicums are probably also the most difficult to grow, but still very much worth giving it a go. So all two of these you can readily grow in pots or buckets with holes in them for drainage and they can be grown in small spaces as well. So there is no reason not to try to grow them for yourself if you can. So far, So for this episode, what I have attempted to do is come up with a few very basic questions around growing capsicums and tomatoes. I have also put in sections around preserving them and there's also an old-fashioned tomato sauce recipe that stores really well and uses minimal ingredients for your pleasure. So if you have never grown tomatoes or capsicums, then growing capsicums may seem daunting at first. These next five questions, I suppose you you can call them with their answers can help you get started even if you are an experienced gardener hopefully you'll pick something up from these questions and answers as well I'm going to use the same format for the tomatoes as we go on now the first question that I have been asked a few times now is what are the ideal growing conditions for capsicums So capsicums thrive in warm, sunny conditions with well-draining soil that is rich in organic matter. They require at least six to eight hours of sunlight daily and temperatures between 20 to 30 degrees. So here in New Zealand, most of our summer sits quite nicely between these temperatures. It doesn't normally hit 30 degrees, but in saying that, we have had a few nasties lately in the last few summers where it's been well over that 30 degrees and we've all pretty much cooked. The next question again is a simple one and that is how to plant capsicum. So these particular plants can be grown from seeds or seedlings. They should be planted at a depth of around 6 to 8 millimetres and spaced around 40 to 50 centimetres apart. Water the plants regularly but be careful not to overwater them. I've grown capsicum plants from cuttings as well in the past quite successfully. It can be a bit tricky and you have to make sure that the cuttings are taken from a nice freshish shoot. 
I was only playing around when I did the cuttings because normally it's easier to grow them from seed than spending time waiting for the cuttings to take root. But if you have a particular tasty capsicum and you want to expand on that variety or literally propagate it, then certainly give it a go. The next question is pretty straightforward and that is how to care for capsicum plants. So capsicum plants do require regular watering watering as previously mentioned but be careful not to overwater them as this can lead to root rot. They also benefit from regular fertilization especially during the growing season. I love using a simple liquid fertilizer and only and only if I don't have any wormweed on hand. A simple trick to ensure capsicums also thrive is by pruning the plants, which can help promote growth and, of course, prevent disease. Pruning capsicum takes practice, so don't worry if you don't get it right the first time. Make sure you use good, clean, sharp secateurs, as this also prevents the introduction of potential diseases into the plant. Again, capsicums can be a little bit tricky, but once you've mastered them, they are are definitely worth the time, energy and money that you spend on them because the bounty from a capsicum plant is well worth you know well worth it especially when in peak season you'll be lucky to get maybe three capsicums for what five bucks and I'm pretty sure that's a lot more expensive now especially with last year's wet season and the terrible seed harvest. The next question is also extremely important and I've touched on it lately before and that is how to prevent pests and diseases. So capsicums are basically vulnerable to pests such as aphids, mites and whiteflies as well as diseases like blossom end rot and powdery mildew. To prevent these issues keep the garden clean and free of debris, use organic pest control methods and avoid overwatering. And in, I'm not sure if it's going to be in this episode or in my episode next week, but there will be a, a recipe for naturally combating powdery mildew. So keep listening. I'm fairly certain I'm going to do it next week. So the next question is actually quite a commonly asked question too, and that is when to harvest capsicums. So capsicums can be harvested when they're fully mature and have reached their desired colour. They should be picked regularly to encourage further growth and prevent the fruit from becoming too heavy for the plant. If you think the plant is struggling with the weight of the fruit, then it you know helps to stake them up and support them. As you can imagine, a fully grown capsicum can weigh quite a bit, and the last thing you want is for it especially the weight of the capsicum to damage the fragile plant growth that could continue producing more fruit. Okay, so now we have gone overgrowing the capsicums and now you have an excess of vegetables or fruit. So let's have a look at what is the best way to preserve capsicums for long-term food storage. Capsicums are a great source of vitamins and minerals. We know this. So making them a very healthy addition to any meal. If you're looking to preserve them for long-term storage, there are a few methods you can use. And I've found a number of these ways to be very, very successful and useful even when I'm, you know, these are methods that I use as well. One of the easiest ways to preserve capsicums is obviously by freezing them. You start by washing and drying the capsicums, then you cut them into slices or you dice them. I prefer to do them in the slices. And you place the capsicums in a single layer on a baking sheet and freeze them until they're solid. 
Once frozen, you can transfer them to a freezer-safe container or a bag and you store them in the freezer for up to six months. Another method for preserving capsicums is by pickling them. This involves submerging the capsicums in a vinegar solution along with herbs and spices and allowing them to sit for a few days. Pickled capsicum can be stored in the refrigerator for several weeks or canned for long-term storage. So another method is obviously drying and that is a great option for preserving these capsicums. You can dry capsicum slices in the oven or a dehydrator and then store them in airtight containers for up to a year. Dried capsicums can be used in a variety of dishes such as soups, stews and stir fries. Regardless of the method you choose, be sure to properly label and date your preserved capsicums so you can keep track of their shelf life. Alright, so now that covers capsicums. Let's have a look at growing tomatoes. Now, I'm pretty much using similar questions for the tomatoes and I've always found that growing tomatoes can be a rewarding and enjoyable experience. Firstly, let's have a look at what type of soil you need for growing tomatoes. So tomatoes prefer well-draining soil that is rich in organic matter. A pH of 6 to 6.8 is ideal for growing tomatoes. You can use compost, manure or other organic matter to improve the quality of your soil if you don't have containers as such to plant tomatoes in, or if you have a terrible, terrible quality garden soil, then a cheat's way of planting tomatoes is straight into a bag of potting mix. Make sure you you know, stick a few holes at the bottom of your potting mix bag that is laying on its flat side, not standing up. And once the tomato plant has finished with the potting mix in the potting bag, basically you're ready, which is when you're ready to throw the tomato plant into the compost once it's finished growing you can potentially recycle the potting mix left in that bag depending on how excessive the root structures has grown through it of course and or you just use it around your garden and revitalize any garden soil you wish to spruce up the next question is an important one and that is how much sunlight do tomato plants need Tomato plants need at least six to eight hours of direct sunlight per day. If your garden doesn't receive enough sunlight, consider growing your tomatoes in containers that can be moved to a sunnier location. Again, keep an eye on the variety that you use because you don't want to grow, say, a moneymaker or a beefsteak and move the pots around because they can get very big. The plants can, and the fruit can get very heavy with heavy, big, big fruit on the plant itself, which can make it very fragile when moving around. So look more for varieties like the Russian red or some other dwarf varieties available in your area. The next question is, how often should you water tomato plants? Right, tomato plants require consistent moisture, but it's important again to not overwater them. Watering your tomato plants deeply at least once or twice a week, depending on the weather and soil conditions. Make sure the soil is moist, which around six inches, which is roughly 15 centimeters deep. Again, make sure you have plenty of drainage in the bottom of your containers or potting mix bags. In my case, I really like growing my tomatoes in raised garden beds because of the added drainage factor. If in doubt, you can always try growing them in a slight mound. That's the next question that can basically make all the difference to your harvest, and that is how to support your tomato plants. So tomato plants need to support to keep the fruit off the ground and prevent damage from wind and rain. You can use tomato cages, stakes, or trellises to support your plants. Make sure 
to tie your plants gently to the support structure to avoid damaging the stems. So growing up, my folks used to grow tomatoes hydroponically in large glass houses. My fingers were perpetually green all the time from pinching out excess growing points and layering the main leaders. The reason for that was to encourage the fruit production and the main stem to keep producing flowers and fruit. Some of the tomato plants could be layered for untold meters before they finished producing growing tomatoes and planting these in this particular fashion fashion is not easy but the results are amazing when you look at the volume of tomatoes you end up growing off one particular plant again you can do this simply by having a string strung above your tomato plants and you support the main leader with the string from the bottom of the plant and you quite literally twine it along its as the stem develops and you basically lead it along the two strings. Again, it was quite an art form seeing all these tomato plants meters long, roughly 1.5 high, and producing a continuous harvest for months on end in the glasshouse environment. It was also a much easier way to stake and manage the plants themselves. So the next question is how to prevent diseases and pests obviously from damaging tomato plants. So tomato plants are susceptible to a variety of diseases and pests. To prevent damage, keep your garden free of debris and weeds, rotate your crops and use organic pest control methods like neem oil or insecticidal soap. Additionally, choose disease-resistant tomato varieties and avoid over-fertilizing your plants which can make them more susceptible to disease. Now something that I used to always well, it used to cause a whole heap of headaches for the tomato plants, especially in the glasshouse situation, was the whitefly. And basically, an easy way to deal with them is having a yellow sticky pad hung up around the tomato plants, and the whitefly are very attracted to the yellow colour. They land on the sticky paper and get stuck never to fly away again. If you get your hands on these gems, they are a absolutely fantastic organic organic way to manage whitefly and flying aphids. There is nothing worse than having to use chemicals to deal with pests and diseases, especially if you don't have to. Okay, now this question I have been asked by a listener as well, so I thought this was a really good place to add it in, and that is why is it important to take out the excess growing tips out of a tomato plant? Not every tomato grower will do this, but it is common practice and I have always found it helpful in the past. It is important to take the excess growing tips out of a tomato plant for several reasons. First, it helps to promote a stronger and more productive plant by directing its energy towards the fruit production. When a tomato plant is allowed to grow without being pruned, it will produce more stems and leaves, which can result in a weaker plant and smaller fruit. Second, removing the growing tips can help to prevent the spread of disease and pests when the tips of a tomato plant are left to grow. They can become a breeding ground for pests and diseases and can spread throughout the plant. By removing these tips, you can help to prevent the spread of these issues and keep your plant healthy. Finally, pruning tomato plants can help to improve air circulation and light penetration, which can also lead to a stronger and more productive plant. By removing excess growth you can help to ensure that each part of the plant is getting the nutrients and sunlight it needs to thrive. Overall taking out the excess growing tips out of the tomato plant is an important part of maintaining a healthy and productive plant. Again like I said it's a personal choice but I also find because I am limited with space I maintain my tomato plants 
by absolutely removing the excess growing tips so that I can get the best out of the area that I do have. Now this particular question is a classic and that is can you regrow the freshly removed tomato plant cuttings and the answer is yes you can absolutely regrow tomato plant cuttings that have been freshly removed, as in the tips that you've punched out. In fact, tomato plants are quite easy to propagate from cuttings. The first tip is to select a healthy stem from the parent plant, in this case, those growing excess growing tips. It should be at least three inches long, or about seven to eight centimetres, and have several leaves on it. Next, remove the leaves from the bottom two inches or five centimetres off the bottom of the stem. Then dip the cut end of the stem into a rooting hormone powder, which can be found at most garden centres. I tend to use honey as a rooting hormone or a bit of potash or a dash of aloe vera. Again, personal preference. Finally, plant the stem in a pot filled with soil and keep it moist. Pardon me. Within a few weeks, the cutting should begin to set root. You can always pop them in water as well. Um, if I use this method, I add a dash of wormweed into the water. Uh, not a lot, but just enough to give it a bit of a boost and a dash of honey. Not sure how that combo works, but I've always had success with it, so I'm going to stick with it. As for whether the plants will be as productive as the parent plant, it depends on a variety of factors, the genetics, the genetics of the plant, the quality of the soil, and the amount of sunlight and water the plant receives will all play a role in determining its productivity. However, if you take care to provide the cutting with ideal growing conditions, there is a good chance it will produce a bountiful harvest. Okay, so now we've had, you know, this incredible crop of tomatoes and you've had so much excess excess you don't know what to do with it and you want to manage it before it all goes off so let's have a look at what is the best way to preserve tomatoes for long-term food storage so we all know that tomatoes are a great source of nutrients and vitamins and can be enjoyed in a variety of dishes if you have a surplus of tomatoes and want to preserve them for long-term food storage, there are a few ways you can do this. One of the best ways is to preserve tomatoes is by obviously canning them. This involves placing tomatoes in sterilized jars and processing them in a water bath to kill any bacteria and create a vacuum seal. Canned tomatoes or, you know, um, sticking them in preserved jars can last for up to a year or more if stored in a cool, dry place. Another option is to dehydrate the tomatoes. This involves slicing them up and placing them in a dehydrator or in the oven on a low temperature until they are dry and crispy. And once fully dehydrated, store them in an airtight container in a cool, dry place and they can last for several months. This works really great too if you turn them into a pulp and then you dehydrate the pulp which you then use as strips for, say, tomato stock, which I've done in the past, and it's worked brilliantly. You can also freeze tomatoes for long-term storage. Simply blanch the tomatoes in boiling water for a few seconds, then plunge them into ice-cold water to stop the cooking process. You peel the skins off, then chop or puree the tomatoes and freeze them in freezer-safe bags or containers, and frozen tomatoes can last for up to a year in the freezer. Now, I must confess, I also just chuck tomatoes straight into the freezer. I cut them up, I take the core out, and leave the skin on because I'm lazy. Hence, they just go straight into the freezer, and when I go and do my soups or casseroles, my daughter just has to deal with the skins if they haven't boiled or cooked away. Again, each to their own. Overall, there are multiple ways to preserve tomatoes for long-term food storage. Choose the method that works best for you and enjoy the taste of fresh tomatoes all year round. 
and it massively reduced costs because you have grown them yourself and you're not wasting anything and you've preserved them. The following is a great old-fashioned tomato recipe, sauce recipe, that requires minimal ingredients and stores for a long period of time. So let me know you know how if you make this let me know how it goes um i use this recipe a lot with my excess tomatoes and i absolutely love it and my daughter can never get enough of this particular tomato sauce as we all know tomato sauce is a versatile and essential ingredient in many dishes so this is i'll, I'll let you know where well, i'll uh, read out what the recipe is so that i get it right now the ingredients are 1 kilo of peeled tomatoes one chopped onion, three garlic cloves, which are then minced, two tablespoons of olive oil, one teaspoon of salt, half a teaspoon of black pepper, one teaspoon dried basil, one teaspoon of dried organo. Uh, the prep instructions are you heat the olive oil in a large saucepan over a medium heat. You add the chopped onion and mince the garlic and saute until the onion is translucent and the garlic is fragrant, so roughly about five minutes. Add the tomato, salt, black pepper, basil and oregano to the saucepan. Use a wooden spoon to break up the tomatoes into small pieces. Reduce the heat to low and simmer for about 30 minutes and you stir occasionally. After 30 minutes, remove the sauce from the heat and let it cool. Obviously, once the sauce is cooled, you blend it in a food processor or a blender until it reaches your desired consistency. I don't really worry about it too much because I quite like mine chunky but each to their own again you pour the sauce into a jar with a tight fitting lid and store it in the refrigerator for up to one week or you can actually freeze it well and as well and it freezes incredibly well for like six months or so the sauce is perfect for pasta pizza and many other dishes you can also customize the recipe by adding other ingredients such as red paper flakes chilies fresh basil or a grated persimmon sorry parmesan cheese persimmons what am i thinking and basically you can just enjoy it you know it's one of those timeless classics so while i'm on the subject too of recipes here's a natural recipe to treat sap sucking insects on capsicums and tomatoes that has no withholding period so if you are growing these and you have bugs on them, there are several natural remedies that you can help treat, especially the sap-sucking insects on capsicums and tomatoes, without any withholding period. One of the most effective methods is using a mixture of soap and water. This method works by suffocating the insects and basically causing them to die. To make this mixture, you'll need to mix one tablespoon of liquid soap, such as dish soap, with one quart or roughly works out a litre of water. Once the mixture is ready, spray it directly onto the effective plants, affected plants, making sure to cover both the tops and bottoms of the leaf. Repeat this process every few days until the insects are gone. Another natural remedy is using neem oil. So neem oil is a natural insecticide that works by disrupting the life cycle of the insects. To use neem oil, mix one tablespoon of neem oil with one quart or roughly a litre of water and spray it onto the affected plants again make sure to cover both the tops and bottom of the leaves and repeat 
this process every few days until the insects are gone. It is important to note that while these remedies are natural, they can still be harmful to beneficial insects such as bees and ladybugs. Therefore, it's important to only use them when necessary and to avoid spraying them during the hottest part of the day when the bees are most active. I hope this particular episode on growing capsicums and tomatoes and preserving the excess veg has been helpful. Next week, I'll cover cucumbers and courgettes and include a pickling recipe that has worked for me multiple times and a natural treatment for the powdery mildew. If you do have any gardening questions, please do reach out. I'm going to keep compiling a list of um, questions, obviously, and every now and again I'll do an episode on a bunch of them or I'll chuck it in my quicker messes. Every week I mention this and don't be shy. Let me know if you're needing some private coaching, no matter what level, from beginner to experience. Reach out and let's chat. I have a few one-on-one gardening mentoring spots available. Sometimes it really is easier to accomplish a task or a project having a gardening mentor and quietly holding you accountable to whatever tasks you set. Flick me a DM or email me and let's check, you know, check to see how we can work together. My contact details are as always, are in the show notes. Don't forget to email me or DM me for any of my gardening freebies as And, you know, as always, I say gardening can happen in any space and in any place and on any budget. Have an incredibly abundant week and I'll buzz you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I would love to hear about your gardening adventures. Flick me a DM on Instagram at The Messed Up Gardener or send me an email and let's connect. Don't forget to check out my gardening reels on TikTok. If you are looking for some help planning your next garden project or just need some one-on-one private coaching, reach out and let's get growing. If you have a garden-related business or you're looking at starting a gardening business, including arboriculture, land clearing, firewood, or a general plant growing and selling business, let's work together in my one-on-one private business development coaching container, having helped my clients grow several six-figure-plus businesses, including from startup to working on million-dollar open space management contracts for many years now. Let me help you and let's grow your business so you can leapfrog your profits and establish a viable and sustainable business. If you're looking for a business podcast, check out my The Let's Buzz You Up podcast available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If this episode was at all helpful, please share with others and let's get growing in any space, in any place and on any budget. Till next time, happy gardening and buzz you later.